You're listening to a sermon from Leewood Baptist Church. For more information about us, visit our website at leewoodbaptist.com. If you have a Bible, turn to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. We are in a study, a broken up study, again, because of weather through the book of 1 John. So we've been going through 1 John this winter. We have seen that the book of 1 John is written for believers. John wrote the gospel of John for unbelievers, trying to motivate his readers to believe in Jesus for their salvation Here in the book of 1 John, he's writing for believers. And here's why he was writing to believers. Because in the early church, as often happened, false teachers had infiltrated the early church. And many of the the believers in that church in that day had begun to doubt their salvation. Now, we're going to talk about doubt here in just a second. But they began to doubt their salvation, really began to wonder, do I really believe Jesus? Do I really believe he was God in the flesh? Do I really believe he was resurrected from the dead? Do I really believe that he could possibly die for the sins of the entire world? That's questions that are even asked 2,000 years later. Some things never change. But 1 John's written to, to help believers know if they are truly born again, truly believers, as we've seen And as we studied here in 1 John, we are called as God's people to evaluate, to ask ourselves, are we truly believers and born again? Do we see in our lives that we are truly authentic followers of Christ? We've posed this question, did you know that we can go to church for decades upon decades and be just as lost and unsaved as someone who had never stepped foot in church. One of the most dangerous places that we can be as an individual is in the church. Because as we go to church, we can get this idea of that I'm good. That I give money, I volunteer, so therefore I'm a good person. And what happens is we can be guilty of a works-based salvation even in the church. So we've seen that the authentic Christian is someone that is going to feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit over sin. We've seen that an authentic believer in Jesus Christ is not going to live as if they have no sin, but they're going to be transparent about their sin. They're going to acknowledge it. Another evidence that we've seen here in 1 John of a true authentic Christian is obedience to God. Because as authentic believers, we are in a love relationship with Christ. And as in a love relationship with Christ, we become more and more like Jesus. Not that we'll ever be perfect here on this earth, but that we're going to see a a progression, a transformation in our lives of becoming more like Jesus Christ. The Christian life is a life of change. And that change is becoming more like Jesus We've also seen that an authentic Christian is going to love their brother or sister in Christ because we understand that we are in the same standing. We've seen that a true authentic believer does not love the world. And we've said that the world is not the 
the world, the globe, but the worldly system that is God. And it does a, a true, authentic believer does not love the things of the world. They don't find their security in what they have, but in who they are in Christ. So all through that, we have seen what a true, authentic believer in Jesus Christ is. But as we've going, been going through 1 John, and as I've been reading even through it, for myself, if we're not careful, this book of 1 John can cause doubt. Do you know there's a difference between doubt and assurance? What's the difference? Doubt is negative. I remember playing sports in high school, and there were coaches that I played for that created doubt. Doubt in my limited ability that I had anyway, but created doubt. Why? Because they were negative. They, it's how they coached. And some coaches have been throughout history successful in that and being negative. Other coaches I played for, and I always felt like our teams were better, and I felt more confident was the coaches that assured us that we could do this. There's a difference between doubt and assurance. Well, what... First John is doing, what John is doing here in First John is he is trying to assure believers, not create doubt. There's a big difference. We even saw in First John, uh, First John chapter 2, he said, I'm writing to you, little children. Your sins have been forgiven. He says, you have, known to come, you have come to know the one who is from the beginning. You have conquered the evil one. You have come to know the Father. You've come to know who the one is from the beginning. He says it again. He says, because you are strong. He says, you have conquered the evil one. So John is writing to assure the believer, not create doubt. There's a difference between doubt and assurance. When a child is learning to walk, what do we do? We try to assure them that they can walk, right? We don't create doubt when a child is learning to walk and they may stumble or they will. They'll stumble and fall. We as parents and grandparents, we don't say, come on, what's wrong with you? We don't do that, do we? No, we say, come on, you can do it. And they fall down. We help them get back and say, come on, you can do it. That is what John is doing here in 1 John. He is writing to give assurance of salvation and to create confidence in our, uh, in our salvation. Now, how does he do that? He does that by giving evidences of, true, authentic, of a true, authentic Christian, of true, authentic, saving faith in Jesus Christ. So I hope as we've been going through 1 John, as we've been discovering the evidences of true saving faith in Christ, that you have been assured that your confidence has built. And as you've been seeing these evidences of true saving faith in Jesus Christ, maybe you've realized, I don't have those evidences in my life, and that it would motivate you to truly believe in Jesus Christ. So let's keep going here in 1 John chapter 4, and we're going to start reading in verse 1, it says this, dear, dear children, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit 
that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now, it is already in the world. So here, John, again, he's trying to give assurance of salvation to show. Here's evidence of true saving faith of Jesus Christ. And he says in verse 2, This is how you know the Spirit of God. This is how you can know. Okay, there's assurance. John is writing, he is saying, we can know. You can know whether or not you possess the Holy Spirit of God. Because at the time of our salvation, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, and he's our counselor. We'll talk about this in a second. He helps us discern what is right, what is wrong. So we have that. And so John's writing to his readers who are doubting their salvation because of false teaching, and he's saying, here's how you can know you have the Holy Spirit. I remember when I was a youth pastor, I've told this story before, there was a young guy in our youth group who was, who was 16 years old. His name was Josh Henson. And I had just become the youth pastor there in Birmingham, and Josh came to me after a few months, and he came to me, and he said, Adam, I'm not sure that I'm a Christian. I'm not sure I'm a believer. And I said, Josh, tell me your story. He said, well, Adam, when I was about six or seven years old, my parents were talking to me about trusting in Jesus and, and the need for salvation in my life. And he said that, um, he said, so right, so my parents were also talking to me about heaven and hell, and I got scared about hell. So I said a prayer right there with my parents. And I'm sure his parents were very well-meaning and and he said that I said that prayer, but now that I'm 16, I'm not sure if I really knew what I was doing. I, I feel like I was kind of saying that prayer to make my parents happy. And, and he just went through all these things that were asking me that, that was causing him to question his salvation. And so I told him, Josh, I said, Josh, I can't decide this for you. I wish that I could sit down and tell you where you're at with God and, and, and all of this, but I do not have that, bil- that ability to discern for you. And so I gave him a list of passages of Scripture about evidences of true faith in Christ, many that came from 1 John and, and other places. And I said, Josh, take some time, read through these Scriptures, and just ask the Holy Spirit to show you if you are truly a believer in Jesus Christ. And Josh did. He went for a couple days. His story, he told me, he went to the library for a couple days, and he just sat there in that quiet library and asked God, God, show me if I'm truly saved. I mean, the poor kid was miserable about it. And so he did that. He came back to me a couple days, and I said, Josh, what has the Holy Spirit shown you? Where are you at? As you've read through Scripture and in the light of Scripture and through the Holy Spirit, where are you at? And he said, Adam, as I've examined the evidences of true saving faith, I realize I do not know Jesus. I know who he is, but it hasn't changed my life. And so we kneeled down right there in my office, and he accepted Jesus into his life, and it was an immediate change. 
how was he able to come to know whether or not he was truly a believer in Jesus Christ? It was because the Holy Spirit shown him. And so we as people have said that we have that God has given us his his spirit. We God is his spirit is just as much as God is Jesus is as he is. And so we have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit shows us spiritual truth. And so as we study that, as we look at that, we can know if we have the Holy Spirit. We can know if we have these evidences of true saving faith because the Holy Spirit is going to show us truth. It's often called the Spirit of God, but also the Spirit of truth. And so John goes on and he says, every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in the, come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming even now is already in the world. And so one of the evidences of true saving faith is that we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit helps us discern spiritual truth, what is right and what is wrong, especially when it comes to the teaching of God, of doctrine and theology. So we can know spiritual truth through the Holy Spirit and through the Word of God. Have you ever heard some kind of teaching where you've sat there and you've heard it and you've, th- you've thought, that doesn't sound right? You ever been in that situation where you've heard some kind of preacher or teacher, a teacher and they're going along and they're preaching and they're teaching and you're just thought something's thought something is not right. Like something within your spirit has said, I don't think that's true. Have you ever been there before? you've been there before we have the holy spirit of us that in us and that may be the holy spirit saying wait that's not right that's an evidence of of true saving faith so you may be asking yourself adam what do i do when i hear that when i hear something being taught that i'm like wait a minute i don't know if that's true i I, there's something about it i can't quite put my my finger on it but there's something that's not right what i'm hearing so what do we do when we feel our hearts and our souls pricked about that well we are to go back to the word of god have you ever thought and i hope you've asked yourself this question that every sunday when i get up here or whoever gets up here gets up and says, turn in your Bibles too. Hope you've caught that. The reason why I say that is I want you to see from the Word of God what it's saying for yourself. See, you have the ability to interpret and apply Scripture in your life. Really, when I read through that, when, when, I, when I understand that reality, I read through Scripture, there's oftentimes when I'm putting a sermon together, I, I think, they don't need me. Like, you don't need me to feed you spiritually from God's Word. You have the same ability that I do to interpret and apply God's Word to your life. And so we want to be people of the Word, so that way when our spirits tell us something, 
we can check it with the Word of God because the Holy Spirit is not going to tell us anything that is contradictory to the Word of God. It's not going to happen. And so whenever we feel our hearts and our, 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 our lives pricked by the Holy Spirit, we need to compare that with the Word of God. Why? Because there's been a lot of people throughout history that have done a lot of bad things saying God told them to. And God, the Holy Spirit's not going to tell us to do something if it's contrary to what His Word says. So the Spirit and the Word work together to help us understand truth. Now, this is an extreme example, but the Holy Spirit's not going to tell us to go rob a bank this week. Why? Because consistently through Scripture, it teaches that stealing is wrong. The Holy Spirit, this is again another extreme example, the Holy Spirit is not going to tell us, God is not going to tell us to go murder someone. Why? Because consistently through Scripture, it says murder is wrong. It is not valuing life like God values life. And so the Word of God and the Holy Spirit working together need to form the way we see the world and the way we think. Because we need the truth. And that's why we've been given the Spirit. Now it talks about here in verse uh, 3 about the Spirit of the Antichrist. That is not talking about end times. We've talked a, a little bit about that in our series through First John. It's not talking about the Antichrist and the end times. What that's talking about is anything that's against Christ. Any teaching, any person that is against Christ is of the Antichrist. It's against Christ. So we have the Holy Spirit to help us interpret and understand spiritual truth. Let's keep going. Look at verse 4. He says, You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. So again, we live in this world just like two years ago. And like I said, some things never change as the years go by. There's a lot of bad teaching, a lot of bad interpretation of Scripture so we desperately need the Holy Spirit. And we have it if we're true, authentic believers in Jesus Christ. That's why we desperately need the Word of God. So that when we hear something and the Spirit tells us, ooh, that might not be right, we go back to the Word and we see what does the Word of God, Scripture, say. And so we have the Holy Spirit and the Word of God working together in tandem to reveal to us what does God really say. In John chapter 14, I encourage you to write these references down. We don't have time this morning to turn to every one of them, but I encourage you to write them down. 
for your own personal study and understanding, but about the Holy Spirit, Jesus even said in John 14, in verse 26, John 14, 26, he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So Jesus was even telling his disciples, the Holy Spirit will be in you as my follower, as a believer, to help you, to teach you all things, and to help you remember everything that I've said. Jesus said again in John chapter 16, verse 13, John 16, 13, he says, when the Spirit of truth comes, talking about the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. So we see the role of the Holy Spirit in helping believers understand spiritual truth. We have the Holy Spirit. But again, we want to check what the Holy Spirit says with Scripture, because like I said a moment ago, a lot of people have done bad things in the name of the Holy Spirit, in the name of God. So we want to check what the Holy Spirit is telling us, what God is telling us with the Word of God. And the Word of God's perfect to do that. Why? Write this down. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture, all of it, is given by inspiration of God. What does that mean that the Word of God, that the Bible is inspired by God? It means it's breathed out by, by God. It comes straight from His very being. It comes from the very being of God. So if scripture is inspired by God through human authors, yes, but inspired by God, it comes straight from his very being, from his inner soul. So since that's the reality of scripture, you know what we can do with it? We can trust it. That we can trust that God means what he says in his word, that it's true. Jesus even said in John 17, verse 17, in his high priestly prayer, he prays to God the Father, he says, sanctify them, change them in the truth. Well, what is the truth? Jesus says, verse 17 of John 17, your word is truth. 2 Peter 1, verse 23, sorry, 2 Peter 1, 20 through 21. He says, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Isn't that important today to understand in today's world? Have you ever heard the question, well, what does this mean to you? That is a terrible question to ask for Scripture because Scripture was not written for me and just me and what's going on in my life. It's much deeper than that. So 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, it says, knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy, no teaching of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And so every one of us here this morning, we are on a journey and a search for truth. I hope this morning you would not waste your time 
here, if you are not on a journey for truth, we want to know God. We want to know his heart. We want to know what he thinks. So we need to know truth. And the reality it is, you and I, we are so sinful, and we have our own biases and our own preferences and prejudices that we cannot be the source of truth. We can't let anyone tell us that we can let truth be whatever it is we want it to be. And we live in a culture like that. We live in a culture right now that says truth is whatever you want it to be. Truth is whatever your perception is, whatever your perspective is, when whatever it is you want it to be. But that's incredibly dangerous because every one of us have our own biases and preferences and prejudices, so we cannot be the source of truth. There has to be one source of truth. And we know that through the Holy Spirit, God's presence in our lives. We know it through the Word of God. And so our understanding of truth must come from the Scripture, from the Holy Spirit, and what it says, because we can trust it. So if you're here this morning and you hear these evidences of true saving faith in Jesus Christ, evidences of an authentic relationship with Christ, as you hear that, as you understand this, and you might be asking yourself, I don't even know if I'm truly a Christian. I don't even know I'm truly a believer. The best thing I can tell you is listen to the Holy Spirit. I can't decide that for you. Listen to what God is saying through His Spirit. Check it with the, with the Word of God. And as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, let's be committed to listening to the Spirit, following the Spirit, and being people of God's Word so we can live in a way that makes Jesus known. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for your spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for residing in us. Thank you that you help us understand and you teach us and you show us truth. God, thank you for your word. That we can know your thoughts, we can know your truth. So God, help us to listen to your spirit, help us to be people of your word. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you're in the Kansas City area, we'd love to have you be our guest. We're located at 8200 State Line Road in Leewood, Kansas. Worship services are on Sunday mornings at 1030. To learn more about us, visit our website at leewoodbaptist.com.